welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and returning to the show today are Penny George from Fife, Scotland, and Dan Hinesley from Lancashire, England. They are the co-creators of the website mindbodymedicineinfo.org, which is designed to educate clinicians and patients about the mind-body approach to healing chronic pain. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. Um, I'd like to welcome back um, Penny and Dan. And now that I did one podcast with them, now I know them. <laughs> so uh, we enjoy their stories. So they just spent time with us. Um, I, I met them through a common friend, Georgie Oldfield, and the internet, et cetera. I don't know the exact details, but basically they're both from um, the United Kingdom. Uh, Penny's based in Fife, Scotland, and became ill with chronic fatigue syndrome in 2017 and had a couple of years of chronic fatigue and healed. And her stories on the first podcast we did last week. Then Dan is based in Lancashire, in England, south of Penny, and he was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease. He went from being disabled from chronic back pain from degenerative disc disease to running a half triathlon last year. And both of them had similar stories of understanding chronic pain in a different way. And Penny healed almost overnight, which happens. And Dan took a little bit longer, but also is now pain-free. So both, are, both of them have incredible stories, but I pointed out on the first podcast, this is what happens. Once you understand the concepts, um, the word I hear from people that have healed, that it, that it is disturbingly simple. Is that a fair statement? Mm, yeah. So Penny and Daniel, welcome back to the podcast. I'm going to start with Daniel first this time. And I know that both of you healed. I know Georgie Oldfield, who runs a group called SIRPA, S-I-R-P-A in England, really encapsulates a lot of these concepts. And whether it's my book, Georgie's Process, Howard Schumer, David Clark, David Schechter, there's a bunch of people that do this. Um, it's around trauma. It's around emotional pain being expressed as physical symptoms. Your body's going to process the environment in a way that's going to remain safe versus avoiding danger. And so we do know that the body's physiology is a big deal and that these healings are not psychological. They're not imaginary. You're changing your body's chemistry. Anyway, this, it's always profound. And when I use the word disturbingly simple is that when you, in myself included, I had 15 years of chronic pain and I feel like there's 15 years of suffering that I just didn't have to go through. So Penny, fortunately, just had a couple of years of suffering. Daniel had a lot more. And so they come together and decided to go forward to get these concepts out into the world. So Daniel, do you want to mention how this all started with you and Penny? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so as you mentioned, um, Georgie Oldfield, uh, who runs SERPA in the UK, and she runs, or she was running a series of um, Facebook live sessions, actually, with recovered patients telling their stories. Um, I went first and uh, and presented my story with with Georgie, and then you know a few weeks later Penny did the same, and it was on that on Penny's call. So I, I was actually going through the process of thinking I really want to help. I want to do something to help raise the awareness of this approach um, in the UK. I, I I would love it for when a 
so I'm, I'm now 42 and I, I started this journey in my 20s. I would love for somebody in their 20s going to a doctor, for the doctors, for the first thing to be asking is what's going on in their life, what stress and emotional, um, what emotional situations they're going through. I, I want that to be the case. And then, then the first port of call is this sort of work rather than the going down the structural um, stru structural route. That, that's really what I would like to see happen. It's a, that's a big ask. Um, but I'd like if I can contribute a little bit to that, it would be a, it'd be a, a big achievement for me. But Penny was also sharing some frustrations on her um, recovery interview about the NHS and um, the, the large amount of people who appear with medically unexplained symptoms, um, a phrase that neither of us are keen on, but that is used regularly in the UK. Uh, and it just sort of something triggered in me whilst watching it, thinking, I wonder if, I wonder if uh, Penny would be interested in teaming up to see if we can do something to help. And, and following that, we discussed all manner of ideas, but the first one seemed to be seemed to be obvious that there was a lot of, well, not a lot, not enough literature, but still more literature that helps the patient and guides the patient, not so much that is aimed at the medical profession itself. So that was the first idea. Um, can we create a website that pulls together all the various resources from yourself and uh, Dave Clark and the PPDA and SERPA? Can we get it all in one place? Curable, worth a mention as well. Can we get it all in one place? Um, and then start to direct that to GPs through the GPs that are in uh, SERP and uh, the SERP um, set of practitioners. So that, that that was the concept, and I reached out to Penny, and we and we started uh, we started the ball rolling. Rolling. So Penny, going into the conversation a step forward. So, what are some of the specific plans that you have as far as um, you have this website, um, mindbodymedicineinfo.org? And that's, I know you just started that um, about six weeks ago. Um, what are your, some of your um, concrete plans over the next, um, say, year um, to move forward? So we, th there's kind of, I suppose, two main things that we're looking at at the moment. Um, one idea that we're exploring, and we're just, like Dan said earlier, we're just at the very beginning of kind of exploring these things. So one is um, to look at, getting a film or documentary of some kind made. Um, we're obviously aware that there's a few films out there already around this topic that have been made in the States. Um, and we're just, we're looking forward to seeing uh, Howard Schubiner's new film, which is being shown in a couple of weeks here. Um, so we're wondering if we may, if we were to make a film or a documentary, what value could we add? You know, we'd need to say something that's not already being said in the films that exist. Obviously, one of the differentiating features would be that it would be a, a British production rather than an American one, which might speak better to a British audience. Um, but I think we need to do more than that, you know, say more than that. So so we're, we're just starting to explore that and we're going to be speaking to some um, documentary makers in the next couple of weeks. And if you made this film, again, going back to the concepts, what would be the one or two things that you want this film to tell the world? Well, I, I think that's the question we're asking ourselves at the moment. I don't think we know the answer to that yet. I mean, the obvious overall message would be, you know, you don't have to suffer with a chronic condition for the rest of your life, you, you can recover. That would be the ultimate message. But 
we're still considering whether this would be a documentary specifically aimed at doctors, at, at the medical profession, like the website is, or whether it's for a wider audience, for a more general audience, and what the specific messages would be within it. We, we, we haven't really nailed that down yet. We're still discussing it. So any ideas that you might have, we'd very much welcome. <laughs> Oh, I, well, we don't, we're, well I, I could spend two days talking about it. So we'll, uh, we won't <laughs> we talk come about back that. To you on that. <laughs> well, I'm, I guess one of the reasons I'm excited about meeting both of you is that um, I'm going to sound negative. I don't want to get too negative here, but I, I have actually given up on the medical profession. Hmm. So maybe 20% of physicians are open to this. I found out that physical therapists, chiropractors, acupuncture, massage, that group of psychologists, <clears throat> some psychologists, that for some reason, doctors are pretty entrenched in their ways. And this way we're trained in medical school, it's not that they're bad people, it's not that they're smart people, but you get trained to think a certain way and it's hard to break out of that thinking. And so I just would say that I'm a little discouraged on that one. So what I'm, what I'm excited about when I'm specifically talking to you is that I think it's good, it has to be a grassroots effort. And you know both your stories are very compelling. And when I use the word, the solutions are disturbingly simple. Does that resonate with you when I say that word? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And I'm going to say something again, a little cynical, is that to me, the problem is, I mean, we went to medical school, we know a lot. But this is like high school science class. If you're stressed out, your body reacts with adrenaline and cortisol and distress chemicals, and you get symptoms. We know your heart races and you sweat. And when that threat is sustained, people get sick. And we know dozens and dozens of research papers that shows that chronic stress kills people. Mm -hmm. The answer is why? Well, the answer is because you have sustained levels of inflammatory markers that chew up your tissues. They literally destroy the tissues. So we know that Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, cardiac disease, peripheral vascular disease, obesity, and diabetes are all inflammatory disorders. So is anxiety, depression, OCD, and bipolar. They are all inflammatory disorders. Chronic disease is a chronic inflammatory process. So this is not medically unexplained symptoms. Your whole body chemistry is way off. The symptoms are completely explained by the effect of these chemicals on the different organ systems. And as you both know, I had over 17 different symptoms of chronic pain. You say, well, that's crazy. You must be just out of your mind. And I was, because being anxiety is one of those things. I went from being a fearless spine surgeon to crippling anxiety in one day. And what I now know is that a panic attack is a cytokine storm. It's a dysregulated autonomic nervous system. So I didn't imagine my body falling apart, racing, heart, sweating, et cetera, as a physical response. So the symptoms are completely explained. So anyway, when I, what I'm saying is that I think that this has to be a grassroots effort. And sometimes, you know, knowledge can be sort of a block to future learning. And so that's my two cents of, you know, that's why I'm excited about your efforts and, that's why I'm happy to support my happy to support in any way that I can. And obviously, George and I have been working together for a long time. Um, Daniel, any thoughts from your perspective about when I use the words disturbingly simple? I mean, you lost 15 years of your life because some doctor told you that you had degenerative disease. So I have a lot of patients. That's actually one of the factors is that when you remain angry, which I have my own issues with that. It, it irritates the heck out of me that I lost 15 years of my life that I didn't need to lose. And I'm not one of those people that thinks, I'm not one of those people that think things happen for reasons. 
So I'm not grateful I suffered for 15 years. Sorry to those people that are grateful for suffering. I don't think it's necessary. Anyway, what are your thoughts on that? Maybe you have a different view on it. No, so I, I agree that it's not necessary. Um, I'm not angry at all. Uh, and I am one of those people that do think that these things happen for a reason. <laughs> I know, I know most people do. I'm just not, I mean, I've just, I just watched, I guess in spine surgery is worse because I just watch people truly maimed by spine surgery, which is yeah. really unnecessary. And you, as you know, I quit my practice to do this. So as far as a message that you bring out into the world, what's your message that you want to bring to the world and, and what's your target? Yeah, so so from a, there's, there's sort of two levels to that, isn't there, I guess. The, the first message is I want to help other people, however possible, patients-wise, uh, who are suffering, to realize that there is a different approach that works. Um, even and the key thing is, even if you've got an MRI scan that shows different, <laughs> normal abnormalities is what Dr. Sarno said, wasn't it? That even with an MRI scan like I had, which just helped concrete in my mind that I was there was something structurally wrong, but they're not the normal abnormalities. That would be one thing. Is is that I want to get that message out, and the more people I know, there's lots of recovery stories. There's, thousands of them now but the, this the, the more that you say it the more I talk about it the more I read it the more evidence and the the, the, the pathways in my mind change and the, the, the more belief that I have so I think you can never get bored of talking about the the someone recovering from my perspective or reading about it so that's one side and then the, and then there's the other the other piece to me which is the, the sort of the work that Penny and I are starting to do is that is the the real message I want to get out there is is to anyone who is a, a has a white coat and authority that be careful how you speak to a patient because they believe right. what you say <laughs> right uh, and and if there's one thing that you could change is be mindful of that when you're discussing someone someone's condition be mindful of the language you, the, you use because you can set off a, a they will go home they will research they will become they will believe what you tell them so i think even be positive and present, not and just be present and conscious of what what you're telling someone they have. <laughs> and um, Penn talked about a documentary. Do you have specific ideas about what you might about how you might want to get this word out? Yeah. So no. So I think in the first instance, we, so Penny and I do this voluntarily, and um, so we uh, and uh, so we've got a, we've got to pick our battles carefully. So the website was relatively low um involvement it was just collating writing and, and pulling that together that was fine this i think we've got a couple of people that have stepped up out of georgie's serpa network who mm -hmm. have experience in documentary making and editing so we're probably going in the first instance we'll make some sort of uh trailer or some sort of or even maybe a promotional video that we can accompany with a with a, a um a, a document that will explain what what it is that we're trying to do and at that point we'll either try and crowdfund um uh try and crowdfund a budget or we'll use it to pitch to 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 um people that, that make tv programs uh, so we've just got to make that compelling um which which hopefully we can do with it with a compelling trailer so that that's the first step there are other ideas we've got as well we've talked about there are some gps in the serpa networks we've talked about whether we, we can put on webinars aimed at gps we've talked about using uh pulling together a trial of some sort uh and again uk focused a lot of the studies that are done are in the states which are fantastic but 
but can we get any some UK focused trials um, of of the of an approach, whether that's the SERPA approach or similar? So these these are ideas, but um, like I say, we, we're doing this on a voluntary basis, just trying to give back and make any impact that we can. But we've got to pick our battles carefully. <laughs> it, 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 which, what's your what's your um, what's your regular job, Daniel? So I work for uh, a big American technology company called Hewlett Packard Enterprise. You might know okay. those. I'm I'm in sales um, okay. for for them. So I'm hoping I can pull some of those skills together to to uh, this this project with a with a purpose. And Penny, what 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 do you what did you do and what do you do? <laughs> my my answer is not straightforward anymore. It, it used to be uh, when I was miserable, I had a simple answer to what do I do. Now I'm doing a whole bunch of different things. Um, I'm a consultant in international development work, um, and I retrained as a life coach, so I'm also coaching people. Um, and I work part time running a campsite. Uh, except not at the moment because it's I'm sure running part time. Part time doing but what? Running a campsite, managing a campsite. Oh, a camp. Okay. Yeah. So okay, excellent. So both of you are busy. Yeah. And then do you like meet once a week to figure out how to do this, or how do you how how do you how because obviously this takes some energy and focus to get this going. I'm curious how you're planning on doing that. Yeah, we we both we are both busy, but we also sort of in different ways manage to um, find spare time in most most days, certainly most weeks. Um, and we speak on Zoom quite a lot. Uh, we spend quite a lot of time on WhatsApp and <laughs> talking to each other about different ideas and uh, just talking through yeah whatever's been happening and other things that might come up. So yeah. keeping the team small as well helps, David. We we pulled together the website in about two weeks or three, two or three weeks. Okay. Because there's only me and Penny, and, and we don't need to make any money because we we do it voluntary. So we've not got a, we don't we don't need to get budget approved or we don't need to align a, an army of people. We can act quite quickly because it's just two of us, and we and we and we purely we've both, both got the same objective, so we we can actually we can actually move quite fast with just being two people. <laughs> And we seem we seem to manage very well to we kind of agree with each other all the time at least so far i keep waiting for the first disagreement but there hasn't been one yet whatever one of us suggests the other one agrees with so it's really straightforward wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's great so um can i make a suggestion of course i, I really so I, i've been at this for 15 years now and um so i um, use the word daniel pick your battles, which I, I sort of got my hair up a little bit because I have done battle for 15 years and I've lost. Mm. And what I've learned is that resistance is big, particularly in the medical profession. So what I've much learned to do is actually just find the ways past obstacles because people don't change, honestly, but data doesn't change people. So I, I mean, my, the thing that strikes me really quickly, what I'm excited about is that both of your stories are very compelling. And just getting your stories out is actually a big deal. I know a documentary sounds great, but even your individual stories, in my mind, are as powerful as a big documentary. And then actually creating a voice for people who have similar stories and providing hope is a big deal. And so I'll send you the research paper by Robert Dancer out of Austin, Texas, but a sense of optimism and hope actually drops inflammatory markers. Mm -hmm. 
So giving voice to people with similar stories, I think is really interesting. And you know, people like myself and Georgie have lots of things to teach people. But I think that one step that both of you offer, which just jumps right out at me, is, is that hope. And so that would be one suggestion I would have that you both have very, very compelling stories. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think yeah. One, one of the things I'm interested in doing in particular is, um, you know, Dan already mentioned that the, when you know where to look, there's quite a lot of resources out there for pain conditions. You know, yeah. obviously it all started with back pain and then that's expanded out into other forms of, of pain conditions that are related to pain. <clears throat> One of my bugbears is there there isn't much for non-pain conditions. There's not much so for, for for conditions that are not about pain. So you right. know my chronic fatigue syndrome, I was very ill, but I didn't actually have pain at the time. Um, but you do know it's the same thing, right? Oh no, of course, of course I know. But right. if somebody had tried to give me, you know, I've got George's book right here, if somebody had handed me George's book, when I was ill in the throes of my illness with chronic uh, with uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, I would have you know thrown it aside because I would have said I don't have pain. So I think there's a need for resources for the people who don't understand that it's all the same thing yet. I right. think there's a need for resources for the non-pain conditions. Right. Um, so that's something that I'm quite interested in developing. So so yes, I mean it's all the same stuff, but you just have to put different labels on the conditions so that you get audience bought into it, I think. You know. Right. So, okay, well, I'm excited about your efforts. And so we will probably talk in six months or a year again and find out where things are going with what you're doing. And so um, that's been my, I had to switch gears because Daniel, I fought, my wife tried to tell me 20 years ago to quit trying to change my hospital system. So trying to change people that don't want to be changed. I didn't listen to her. And literally for 20 years, I fought that battle. And I fought hard and I get, I had some success. As soon as I left the system, everything disappeared. Mm. And so what was, was happened, and that's why I'm excited about talking to you, is, is, is try to create this sort of collective energy around success, about people that are doing well, enlightened people, and just becoming a bigger and bigger voice. Because I do things that I do think things are tipping a bit i think the world's sort of understanding the fact that things aren't going so well mm. in chronic pain right it's not going well at all and in medicine we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and nothing's changing in fact it's getting worse mm. so that's why i'm encouraging both of you to at least get your story out which is more probably more compelling than you think and you represent the situation of just a huge number of people and you're fine I mean, you're real people. I'm talking to you. Um, your stories are both compelling. And here you are. You're doing fine. Here I am. I'm doing fine. My yeah. wife might argue with that, but <laughs> I, I think I'm doing fine. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really um, quite energized and inspiring. And then it does motivate you to want to go out and tell the people the story. So, Penny, any um, final words to the audience about? Yeah. Actually, just when when you're saying that, you know, that you're talking to us and, and we're doing fine, um, I suppose I would say that, like, and I know Dan feels the same, I'm doing so much more than fine now. Like, right. my whole life is utterly transformed and 
I, I'm happier and healthier, happier and therefore healthier than I've ever been before. And I think I think Dan would probably say the same for for himself as well. So right. it's almost like yeah, it's been it's been a whole journey of personal transformation um, for both of us, I think. Uh, and you know, I don't know if that can help anyone that might be listening to this. You know that there's so much to look forward to on the other side of illness and pain. You know. So, yeah, no, that's that's a very good point because I've we've watched this. And again, one thing keeps me going personally is that people not only once you come out from under pain, anxiety, and frustration, people thrive at a level that they never knew was possible ever, mm -hmm. even before they went into pain. And so, yeah, you do thrive, which is mm -hmm. fantastic. So, yeah, no, I, I would heartily second that one. Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel, any comments from your perspective about final thoughts for the audience? Yeah, so back to um, something you said earlier about the, the things happening for a reason. That I do believe that it's part of, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe part of a spiritual awakening, I would guess, is probably something that might, might I don't know, might cause people to react to, but that's, that's what I believe. I think once you, start, once you start observing your thoughts and emotions, you realize that you are not your thoughts and emotions. There, there is right. an there is an observer of the thoughts and emotions, and it and, and I think it's um it's a it's that the pain is a is a portal into that consciousness coming through because it's forcing you to look at your thoughts and emotions, and as a result, I end up being really thankful for my experience. And I know a lot of people who I speak to who've come through the other side end up being thankful for the experience because because as Penny said, it it, it becomes transformational. So. So I, I, so I, I think, so I think I, that's a lot healthier attitude than mine. Seriously, I'm <laughs> serious. No, I mean it's something I actually work. I have to. I just have had to go there because um, I mean your suffering was severe, so is mine. And I guess what drives me is that, of course, I'm incredibly grateful that I survived it because I'm I was actively suicidal. I mean it was extremely bad. So I'm incredibly grateful that I can give it back in a way that people can understand. I mean, that, that is, I'm incredibly grateful. And that would not have happened unless I had gone through what I had gone through. But I'm not, I'm still not that happy about it. <laughs> That's my problem. I can't go back and change it. It's done. But on the other hand, don't you, I think that if I've been taught these concepts, say, for instance, and I have a dream of putting this into the school system starting right in an yeah. elementary school, if I've been taught these principles starting right there beginning in school, that this honestly just didn't have to happen. I think that's, I don't know if you had to, I don't think I could be wrong. I realize that there's, there are benefits from suffering, but a lot of people suffer buckle and they don't come back. Yeah. So my question is, I don't know the answer to this, is start, how much suffering is necessary to learn? The other question I have, if you start this in grade school and teach these concepts of how to process your body's neurochemistry and calm down, do you have to suffer to actually learn this? That's my question. Now, I'm not asking for an answer, but that's what drives me. And I think what drives both of you is that you, you like to prevent some unnecessary suffering. Right? Am I? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so we're actually seeing the same thing. And um, I just, I have some work to do myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Suffering is inevitable. That some, I don't think you can escape it completely. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, the, 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 I just looked this up recently. You know, pain is inevitable. That's life. And I think I've, you've heard me use the term of developing a working relationship with pain, anxiety, and frustration because they're not going away. But the suffering is optional. It's that layer of being angry and frustrated and reactive that sort of keeps things, you know, going. So, you know, that's the part that I hope to help people deal with is, you know, just less suffering around the inevitable pain. But anyway, yeah, I agree. I agree. So thank you both very, very much. I'm delighted to meet you and talk to you. And again, their website is mindbodymedicineinfo.org. And they're just starting their project. And we'll be anxious to see how it goes over the next 50 years. So excited. <laughs> so thank you very much. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you, David. I'd like to thank our guests, Dan Hinesley and Penny George, for being on the show today and for sharing their plans for expanding the work they're doing to educate clinicians and patients about the mind-body approach to healing chronic pain. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.